there, students. This is Mr. Phillips, and today is the first episode of my top five lit list for chapter one of Of Mice and Men. Just sit back and relax. Let's talk about the top five things I think you should know from the first chapter. Let's do this. Starting things off, let's talk about what this is. My top five lit list. Every time we have a reading assignment during distance learning, I will post a top five list of literature related things I want you to know. I will do my best to limit these to 15 minutes, but feel free to put me on in the background as you're on a walk or if you have some chores around the house like doing dishes or you know whatever works best for you. I will always follow up this little podcast with a survey so you can show me uh, what you got out of the reading and your thoughts on my thoughts basically so that sums it up pretty well let's get in to the latest reading chapter one of of mice and men first on the list number five we have at number five the salinas river something i think that we should obviously talk about because if you look on google maps or any map that you might have around if you type in salinas river it basically gives you a one hour and 57 minutes drive up the 101 north to the point where the salinas river meets the ocean it's like i don't know if it's a delta technically or whatever it is but the book actually says that it is a few miles south of Soledad. So if you just type in Salinas River, it's going to take you to where uh, in Salinas, the river meets the ocean. However, the first sentence says a few miles south of Soledad. And if you put in Soledad into Google Maps, that's an hour and 16 minutes. That saves you about 40 minutes of a drive. So when John Steinbeck was writing this novel, you could basically bet that he has been to a spot that he has in mind for this. He also mentions the Gabelin Mountains. I think when I did my chapter one reading, I called it the Gabelian Mountains. I switched the L and the I, but the Gabelin, I think is how you say it. I'm struggling here. It's okay, guys. Um, but that would be the mountains north of Soledad there and, and the hills kind of rolling up and we're in a valley, obviously way before the, you know, us 101 North was there, but at least for us on the central coast, we can actually, if you've ever driven up the 101 from now on, you will be able to say, Hey, I've got an idea of where this unique story of mice and men takes place. And for that reason, that's my number five on the list. Number four. All right, coming up next, I have the duo as my fourth thing to know. Uh, Obviously, I'm talking about George and Lenny. And the thing that strikes me about this duo is that they are basically opposites, opposite everything. That's a nice way to actually write characters that are so central to the story is to not make them the same person in many, many ways. Now, I'll talk about a little later the one thing that makes them very similar and why they work so well as a duo 
but they're the opposite size. Uh, George is kind of short and thin. Lenny is tall and thick and strong. George is uh, definitely not as strong, but he has something that Lenny does not, and that is a winning personality. Uh, Lenny is not a person that anyone is going to find that they can really get along with well. However, George is, has the people skills to help them along. Lenny is the exact opposite of George in many ways. Now, the duo works so well, not just because they're so opposite, but because they also have one thing in common and that they are lonely. All right. The thing they have most in common is that they need someone to keep their spirits up in this hard, hard time that they are facing. We can kind of uh, guess and, you know, I'll maybe we'll talk about this later that this might be during like the Great Depression or a low economic time. And uh, I'll talk about George's dream and Lenny's in a little bit. But the fact that they are together comes from this feeling of needing a friend, needing a companion through life's hardships. And that's why I chose the duo as number four, because they do work so well to be opposite, but they fill needs in each other's lives that they really need. Next on the lit list, number three. Number three is George and George's dream. There's a point in the middle of the chapter where George kind of makes Lenny really mad and he's trying to make it up to him. And Lenny asked George to tell him about the dream that they both have. And George goes into this memorized, almost speech to Lenny about the dream that he has for the both of them. The first basic thing about this dream is that they want to own the farm. They don't want to be working for, you know, the farmer or whoever they are hired to produce for. They want to be the boss. They want to hire the workers. And really, you feel that Lenny did not come up with this. But this is from the heart and soul of George, who wants to enjoy life and relax through it. There's a nice... uh catchphrase that Lenny likes to say, and that's to live off the fat of the land. And really, that is George's dream. Instead of, you know, picking up a shovel and doing the backbreaking labor for someone else, all George wants is a self-sustaining spot where he can not only enjoy life and relax through it, but just work the ground, use what he needs get what he needs, and enjoy life that way. And I think that's a beautiful picture, especially for you know a Depression-era type person who was basically homeless and looking for his lot in life. Number three, very central to the story, and a lot of people's stories really, is George's dream. If number three was George's dream, number two, you know, is going to be focused on Lenny 
And Lenny has one thing that everyone notices right away that is kind of weird about him. And I would say that that is Lenny's mice. So number two is Lenny's mice. A little background on the mice we get from George. He says, your aunt used to give you these mice over and over again. And he would basically keep it as a friend and he would keep it in his pocket and he would like to pet the mouse. I don't know about you. I would not want to keep a mouse in my pocket. Personally, that does not sound appealing at all. But since he seems to be a kind of a lonely soul anyways, he founds he finds solace petting mice. However, there's a problem. He's so obsessed with petting the mice and he's such a big and strong guy, right? That he tends to kill the mice in his hands with his bare hands, which is very concerning. His aunt even knew this and and started to give him rubber mice to try to trick him, but it wasn't the same for him. He wanted to feel the soft, real mice, really. And you see George take the dead mouse from Lenny and like throw it away. And then when Lenny is getting wood, he finds that same mouse and, and George is, you know, obviously concerned. They talk about um, how Lenny wants like a dog or might not kill the dog and he could pet it and be its friend. Or I think he also mentions having rabbits on the farm, but we right away very clearly find out that Lenny is kind of obsessed or obsessive around these mice. And it doesn't help that he knows he's different and he can't help it. That kind of plays into it as well. We see him kind of, um, what is the word I'm looking for? He talks to George and when George gets mad at him, Lenny says, I, I will run away. I will go live in a cave where no one can where I can't bother anyone, really. And and George is able to talk him down from that. But we see Lenny very obsessed, but very aware that he is, you know, unable to control himself. And that's why I put him at number two above George at number three, because I feel like Lenny is a unique character where George is more of an every man type. So at number two, we have Lenny and Lenny's Mice. Finally, number one on my list this week. Number one, their work history. One interesting thing that this whole story is centered around is where the heck they are going. And they are going to a ranch to work. They've got their work permits that they got from whatever town they needed to go to get work permits. And it seems like this pair... George and Lenny go from job to job. And once they're done at one job, they go to the next. They never seem to settle down. Then we learn that Lenny caused some trouble at the last place they worked and seems to cause trouble at every place that he has ever worked. In fact, they escaped from the last job after being chased out of it, almost hunted, you know, but they escaped. And that, be, that was because Lenny got into an incident with, quote unquote, that girl that George tells us all Lenny wanted to do, kind of back with the obsessive over the mice. He just wanted to, he wanted to feel the dress of the girl, right? It doesn't seem like he had any further nasty intentions with that, but 
after a second, the girl didn't know and got nervous and scared because Lenny's this huge guy and she, you know, yelps for help. And George and Lenny get chased out of town as if he did something wrong. You know, he might have. That is a little unclear. George seems to be mad at, at, at Lenny, you know, not, ex- not respecting this girl's personal space. And so their work history is this shady job to job. And in this maybe depression era, that is not good for George. It's not good for Lenny. They're surviving on cans of beans, literally. And they're about to go to their new job where George is begging Lenny, Lenny, let me do the talking. You just stand there and be quiet. And Lenny kind of says, okay, George, I'll do it. And that's why I have their work history as number one on my list this week. Now it's time for the call to action. At the end of every episode, I'll kind of give you this call to action. And today's is, do you see any parallels to the real world from chapter one? Uh, I'm going to be putting out a survey that's going to be asking questions like, have you ever been to the Salinas River? Or what do you know about Soledad? Uh, Maybe, do you know any other dynamic duos who are opposite, but maybe are friends to help each other out? Uh, What speaks to you about George's dream? What seems off about Lanny's obsession with mice and other things? Um, Do you know what it takes to keep a steady job? We're just trying to connect ourselves to the story so we can understand it better. That is our call to action this week, which brings us to the end of episode one of this podcast. Thank you so much to Redmond for the great song. Next week, I'll choose a different song and we'll just see what the mood will be then. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it. That's all I got for today. Tune in next time. And as always, come and see me anytime. Have a great day, guys.